Welcome to this Grace podcast. My name is Becky Schwepp, and I'm here with a guest, Rhonda. And um, she's going to be sharing her testimony of what the Lord has done in her life and how he has brought her through so many things and just been with her all the time. Welcome. Hello. How are you today? I am blessed and highly favored. Yes, you are. <laughs> so, so going back, where would you like to start in with some of the things that happened? Well, um, I'd first like to mention that as a baby, as a child, I was real sick. Mm-hmm. I had a hole in my heart. I was born with a hole. Wow. And I uh, had to have open heart surgery mm-hmm. at, at four and a half mm-hmm. years old and mm-hmm. struggled with with that in my life and with heart, had the heart surgery at four and a half, mm-hmm. which prepared my heart. And then um, throughout my life, you know, I was had some really hard, tough times and yeah. struggles. When growing up, I was back and forth between parents. Mm-hmm. My mom and dad separated when I was about 13, mm-hmm. divorced by the time I was 15. And mm. So my parents, I was back and forth. Um, I've always been a daddy's little girl, mm-hmm. so I love my daddy, worship mm-hmm. the ground he walked on. Mm-hmm. My mom and I had times we were close, and other times when we were set apart mm-hmm. because of me, because of yeah. my selfish, self-centered stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and I was spoiled rotten. My daddy spoiled me. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up as a child, I struggled with the fact that my mom and dad separated off and on and mm-hmm. were divorced yeah um my first bout of hardship began when i was about 15 years old mm-hmm. in aldine yeah. houston texas mm. i was raped by a man i did not know he mm. had followed me down the street mm. down and came up from behind me and re- grabbed me mm. pulled me in his car and because i knew aldine like i know the back of my hand even though I couldn't see where we went mm-hmm. because he had me down the floorboard in the front seat oh, in the passenger. I know from the day, from the very moment where he took me yeah. and stopped and raped me and wow. dropped me off at the, at the time I was in junior high mm-hmm. and going to be going to high school the next year. It was in the summer. And he dropped me off in the parking lot of the high school. Wow. And student parking lot area and everything yeah um i'll never forget that was my first traumatic experience um he raped me Mm -hmm. and it was awful and from that experience caused me to be less active in sexual activities because of that yeah um but i later on in years i experienced I wasn't really into drugs and stuff when mm-hmm. I was younger. Yeah. In my teenage years, mm-hmm. experimented here and there, but yeah. I didn't start really getting into active addiction mm-hmm. until I was about 20, 21. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got married in August of 90 mm-hmm. without my mom's permission, out, outside of my mom's permission. Mm-hmm. She didn't like it, so I got married to a man who wasn't a man. Um, he misled me, misguided me into drugs, introduced me to prostitution oh. and crack cocaine yep. when I was 21, which became a life of over 
35, 40 years of addiction that I was bound to and could not escape from. When I would get high, I would have to go work the street, walk the street. Mm. Um, Mm. And when I first started it, it was really difficult for me to do. But after a while of doing it more and more, Mm -hmm. the longer I did it, the more comfortable I became with doing it. Yeah. And to me, it was the only way of life I knew. Yeah. Um, yeah. I struggled with the fact that I knew it wasn't right with God. Right. That God didn't like it. Yeah. My father in heaven, yeah. you know, yeah. didn't approve of. Yeah. I, I know you've mentioned to me many times that you felt like even in those experiences, you felt you knew the Lord was with you. And, yes. and he was there and, you, you know, you were his, you know, yeah. and he was going to bring you out of it he, like you knew, you know. He, he did. He yeah. was. Yeah. I felt his presence with yeah. me. Yeah. Even when I was out there walking the streets trying yeah. to get money yeah. to get picked up yeah. from a guy from a date. But I felt his presence with me. Um, several, quite a few, yeah. and I can't even count on mm-hmm. fingers and toes yeah. how many times I had been raped and misused and mm-hmm. abused and t- mistreated yeah. and taken advantage of. Um, I've had a lot of ex- instances where I had been raped yeah. multiple times, multiple times by the same person, uh. um, and that left scars that, you know, I didn't share how much with anybody about. Yeah. Um, my husband was in and out of prison the whole time. My ex-husband mm-hmm. now yeah. was in and out of prison the whole time we were married, but I stayed faithful to him mm-hmm. myself. Um, yeah. But he he cheated on me in 93, and I forgave him and let him go. Yeah. But he kept doing it and kept living his life and in and out of prison. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know, I was in and out of relationships with people yeah. because I didn't know what love was or how to experience real love. Yeah. The only love I really truly experienced was from my daddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my mom did too, but mm-hmm. in her own way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you, um, you, you know, went through those things and, and you you knew the Lord was with you. Like, how did that kind of push you to know you are going to come out of it, you know? It was like a spiritual type thing. Yeah. Um, I could feel his presence pushing yeah. me forward, and I could almost hear God speak to me, say, hey, go on, keep going forward. Yeah. You know, I'm, I will never, I have never left you and yeah. forsaken you. Yeah. You know, you can get through this, and I'm with you mm-hmm. through this. Even in the middle of me getting raped at the moment, I felt his presence. Mm. Um, Different times that I had been raped, I knew God was with me. I felt him with me, holding my hand and helping Mm. me through it Mm. mentally and emotionally. You know, he said, don't worry, I've got you. You're my daughter. Um, That's so powerful. (laughs) Even though I was afraid in a way. And afraid of for my life that they were going to take my life. Yeah. I didn't fear that mm-hmm. they would take me because I knew if they did, I knew where I would go. Yes. I knew my spirit would return back to God. Yeah. Even though my flesh was weak and I was into drugs and craziness and mm-hmm. working the streets and hanging out with people that were not good. Yeah. And I knew they weren't good. Yeah. And, but yeah. 
I strive to go forward yep. because I never gave up hope. Always had hope. Yes. Always had hope in the yeah. middle of the storm. You know, there's a song, you know, he's in, even in the midst of the storm, he's there holding me, yes. guiding me through yes. the storm. And there's a, a scripture that God had given me so many years ago. It's um, Isaiah 43. Mm. It was a promise my God had given me a long time ago, like when I was younger. Yeah. And uh, I would pass through the fire and not be burned. Oh. I would go to the waters and not drown. Mm. That he would hold me by my right hand mm. and uplift me with my left. And he always surrounded me with peace. Yes. I always had a peace, even though I'm right in the middle of getting high and doing what I was doing and destroying my life. Yeah. God was like, hey, you know, I know what you're doing. I see what you're doing. Yes. But I've got you. You're in the palm of my hand. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know you also went through a car accident. And yes. Could you tell a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, in August 28th of 2000. I was just coming back from scoring some crack cocaine in Dallas mm -hmm. and walking back to the motel and this car stopped and I, these guys stopped and asked me if I needed a ride. Well, I never get in a car with someone I don't know. Yeah. And especially with more than one person. Yeah. So I fa faintly knew them. Yeah. So I got in the car and said, okay, sure. So they gave me a ride. But, um, and while we were going down the road, um, I had, cause like I said, I said, can I take a hit? So I took a hit of dope, and then um, next thing I know, they take my money, take my dope, yeah. and speeding mm -hmm. 60 to 70 miles per hour, heading towards the freeway. Mm. And um, the driver said, well, well, what do we do with her? And passenger said, well, take her out to country and torture and murder her. Mm. When I heard that, I opened the back door to try to jump. But before I could jump, they pushed me going between 60 and 70 miles per hour. And while rolling, the people in the car behind that one I was in mm. um, came to my rescue and took me to the hospital. I suffered a traumatic brain injury. Mm. I lost the use of my right arm. Um, in 2007, I actually had my arm amputated mm -hmm. up above the shoulder mm -hmm. or the elbow. Mm -hmm. So now I've had to live from... Um, 20 years without a right arm. Mm. Um, it's been difficult at times and a struggle. Yeah. But I didn't let my disability mm. cause me to have shame and guilt. Mm -hmm. Because what really encouraged me was seeing people who had no legs, no arms, from war or from whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Encouraged me to see how they had given up. Yeah. I wasn't going to be one to give yes. up. Even though my mom used to curse me, you'll never amount to anything or be anything. Mm. I let those words for years keep me down. Mm -hmm. But God kept telling me, no, you're worth more than that. You know, yeah. and people, like Christian ladies or men or people would come yeah. to me and say, hey, you're worth something. Mm. You know, so those words eventually became positive yes. instead of a negative. Yes. And they'd be, I turned them around from a negative to a positive influence for my life. And realize that it, that didn't mean anything. Yeah. And there's something else I'm really encouraged about that they say that people with a traumatic injury, traumatic brain injury, cannot finish school. 
Mm. I'm going to prove that a liar. I'm going to oh. prove medical science a liar. Oh, wow. And I'm going right to go on. back into school yeah. and, and learn multimedia graphic design. That's my heart. Oh, that's my desire. You. Oh, that's so lovely. You know, that's my wonderful. desire also is I'm an ex-prostitute yeah. and ex-addict. I have, I've got a year and two months clean from drugs yep. and prostitution, three, mm-hmm. two years, two and a half years mm-hmm. from the prostitution. Yep. And that's only because of God yeah. and the grace of him. Yeah. I have ex- one experience I really want to share is one night when my husband, he was in jail mm-hmm. in Conroe, Texas, mm-hmm. and I was out using. And he had asked me not to, but I did. Anyway, I had got a bride from this guy. and mm-hmm. When he got in the car, he, a police lady behind him followed followed us, and then he dropped me off. When he dropped me off, and I walked across the street, the police lady stopped me. Well, I had a crack pipe in my purse. Oh, wow. Okay? Yeah. And because I have a criminal record, I've been to prison and, yeah. you know, and, and state jail a lot of times. Yeah. A lot of times. Yeah. And because I had a record, I was afraid that she was going to arrest me. And she had known me because she had seen me and my husband, my new husband, now married to now, Jimmy, uh, at places where, you know, she could have given us a a criminal trespassing charge, but Mm -hmm. never did. Just gave us a warning. Yeah. Well, she had, you know, she stopped me and she searched my purse. And I know it was God's grace. She did not find the crack pipe. She looked at my purse and my back pound and said, okay, you're good, and let me go. And I walked away. But at that very moment, uh, right after she did that, while she was doing that Mm. and looking in my purse, I was praying and asking God to help me. And at that very second, I felt wings, angels' wings, Mm. like Gabrielle, wrap those wings around me and surround me. And I have never felt grace before, mercy. Mm. But at that very moment yeah. was the most life-changing moment of my life. Because I seen Gabrielle's wings wrap around me. Wow. I felt the grace of God and his mercy fall on me oh. in that very moment. And wow. second, that was my life-changing moment. Mm. After that, yeah, I went and got high. Mm-hmm. But when I got to the ATM, I said, this is it. No more. I'm not buying no more dope. Yeah. Not getting no more high. Yeah. So I got $60 out, went and got high. And it's lo and behold, who shows up at the door? My husband shows up at, my, at the dealer's house we were at. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God. I had just taken a major blast and opened the door. Like, I was, like, confounded. Like, whoa, okay. You know, yeah. I didn't know what to think. And I said, this is all I have left. We did that, and I gave away my tools, and I said, let's go. And I never used again from that moment on. That, wow. was, uh, last, that was in 2020. And in May, of, May or June of 2020, mm. I have not touched another drug since oh, or that, desired. That's such a miracle. It, it really is. It's, it's totally the hand of the Lord, you know, just reaching down and, and lifting you out, you know. Because I have been... There were many, many nights and days mm-hmm. and times right in the middle of using. Yeah. I was crying out and praying and asking God mm-hmm. to take it away from me. Yeah. Please take this from me. I'm tired of getting high. I'm tired of living this life. I can't take it no more. 
it's killing me. Yeah. And and crying and and, and just singing heartily, giving them everything, yeah. but yet going back and kept going back and forth. And yeah. I would give it to God and take it back. Yeah. Give it and take yeah. it back. Yeah. But I got tired of taking back. Yes. And that was my moment when I knew His mercy. And his grace was on me. And I said, after this, I'm done. I had already, I had already mentally and emotionally been ready to change. Yeah. But I wasn't quite able to make that trans- transition yep. until that moment when I f- saw his, the wings. Yeah. When I felt him. I felt God right there in my midst. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is like I could see him mm-hmm. standing there saying, hey, I got you. Yeah. Um, huh, oh my God, it was such a life-changing moment. Yeah. Um, I was able to put it all down, walk away. Yeah. But there were so many years and so many days and times when I couldn't escape the mental and emotional torment yeah. from all the rapes and traumatic experiences that kept me down. Yeah, yeah. But it was my heart I had to change. Yeah. Not just the mind. Yeah. yeah, I could change the mind, say yeah. no more. Yeah. But I had to get it into my heart yes. for me to be yes. able mm-hmm. to make the change. Mm-hmm. Until I can get from mind to heart, I couldn't make the change. Yeah. And yeah. that was the night I did that. Yeah. Got it from my head that I knew I needed to change in my head, mm-hmm. but my heart wasn't ready yeah. until that day, until that moment. Yeah. That's, that's a work of the Spirit, really. The Lord did it in you and, and yeah. for you and through you. And that's so hopeful to, to, I mean, I think about, you know, there are so many people, including myself, everybody that gets caught into cycles and you feel like you're never going to get right. out, you know, of sin or some kind of bondage, you know. And, bondage. Yeah. I was in bondage. And, yeah. you know, yeah. something I want to share on that, too. Yep. Um, everything originated in Harris County, Houston. Mm-hmm. The prostitution, the drugs, and everything all originated in Houston. Yep. The rapes and everything. When I was living in Conroe, Texas, you know, about 30 miles mm-hmm. or less from Houston, downtown anyway, um, God had to take me back to Houston to break the bondage the enemy had on me. And so I moved into an apartment in May, May 20th, May 21st. Yep. 2019 mm. and I was like God why am I here and then I, I was clean for a few months while I was there but then I ended up meeting somebody there that had crack and sold it and, mm-hmm. and then crazy stupid me let him move in with me you know and mm-hmm. you know he was I was helping him because I had a heart mm-hmm. always had a heart and even when I was out there for someone who was less fortunate than me or didn't have anything yeah so I opened up my home to him and let him come in and live in my apartment. Mm-hmm. He slept on a couch and I slept in my bed, mm-hmm. in my room. But things turned ugly and he turned against me mm-hmm. after he went to jail. He went to jail for like six months. Okay. When he came out, he was a monster. He was oh. different. He was not the same person and he hit me and attacked me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, punched me in my shoulder. And I've had pain there ever since off and on, but... Hmm. That was a time I was like, I'm, I was it, no more. Yeah. Um, and I made him leave. But anyway, he was still living in my apartment the day I left. Okay. May the 1st, 2020, I said, I'm going back to Conroe. God kept telling me I needed to go back to Conroe because that's where all my, my support was, my spiritual 
and my church was yeah. in Montgomery, Texas, uh, where I went, Transformation Church. That's where I went to church and got these wonderful spiritual prayer warrior ladies, mm. women, that helped me and supported me. Mm-hmm. Jessica and Candace were my support mm-hmm. or my help and they encouraged me. Yeah. Even when I was weak and they were praying for me, mm. constantly mm-hmm. keeping me in prayer. Their prayers helped me break free from that bondage. But I had to go to Houston yeah. to break the curse hmm. of bondage from the drugs and the, and the, and the prostitution where hmm. it originated. So, so you had to go back to the place where it started. Yes. To kind of break, the break free. free. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I went back to Houston so yep. I could break free from that. Okay. And I was able to break free from the prostitution already before I went there. But even more so while I was there. Okay. Because I had a really bad experience in 2019. I was beat. Mm. Beat up from my purse and my identification everything. Mm-hmm. And um, really bad, bloody nose and everything. Um, that really was very traumatic. That helped change me from going back in that certain areas anymore and doing those things. Yeah. And I wasn't doing anything. He offered me a ride and stooping me. I wasn't thinking. Yeah. And it was him and another guy, and he abandoned the guy, mm-hmm. one his friend, at a yeah. motel. Went he into the restroom and took off. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up taking me around down the street over by Tidwell area, Airline or Fulton, and raped me. I mean, not raped me, but grabbed my purse and beat me mm-hmm. from my purse really bad. Mm-hmm. That right there was another life-changing moment for me where I was able to say, hey, you know, why I, I couldn't understand why I kept returning to yeah. work in the streets. Yeah. Knowing what dangers there were looking out there. Yeah. Man, not knowing who they were. Yep. Who was picking me up, what mm-hmm. they were capable of doing. Yep. If I'd even live. There were many times I'd get in a car and then I'd you know, my instincts would kick in and I wouldn't always listen mm-hmm. and to them. And ended up getting hurt in the end. Yeah. But eventually I got to the point where I started listening to yeah. my gut instinct where it said, hey, I need to get out of the car because something bad's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I would do it. I said, hey, just stop. I got to go. I got something else. I got to go and wow. be. And I would get out of the car. Yeah. Because something told me not to do it. Yeah. And I knew it wasn't me. I knew it was a God, the Holy Spirit speaking to me. Yep. Warning me of something, of the dangers lurking. Mm-hmm. I always felt the protection of my God and my Lord yeah. with me. Mm. Even though, you know, I, I put myself there. But God's hand was on me and mm-hmm. through it all. Yeah. Um, there were times, yeah, I was very afraid. Of course. But there was also a peace I felt. Mm. Knowing I wasn't there in the car alone. Yeah. By myself doing, yeah. going through this. Mm-hmm. It was like God's spirit was with me. Yes. Helping me through, encouraging me. That's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. I, you know? I felt like, you know, no matter what people did to me or how they treated me, mm-hmm. no matter how bad somebody treated me, yeah. I always treated them with respect. Because I learned that you, you know, you know treat others as you want to be treated. You know? Yeah. No matter how bad they treat you, I've always respected whoever it was I was around. Yeah. 
regardless of what they were doing to me. Mm -hmm. Because I learned that when I did that, Mm -hmm. then I got out a lot better of the circumstance. Yes, yes. Um, It wasn't always easy to just give in and just, but I let them be and do whatever they wanted, praying within myself that they would let me live if I just do what they told me to do. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, I was able to survive. Yeah. Praise God. Did that moment. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Um, and I remember how you told me a story of how there was one time you tried to get high and you didn't feel yes. the effects of it. If you could share that, that's really neat. That was when I was in my apartment in Houston. Okay. I had a whole bunch of crack rocks sitting with, on my bed with me, and I'm sitting there or on the table or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting here getting high. I mean, I don't know how, about five or six rocks. Okay. Okay, of crack. Pretty yeah. big ones and yeah. decent ones. And I couldn't get high. I'm sitting here, and I got the Bible open in front of me. Yeah. And I'm reading the Word yeah. and getting high. But at, that, but at the moment, I'm sitting here smoking this rock, these rocks, this crack. But I'm not getting high. And I'm like, why am I not getting high? I'm like, I'm, I should have been higher than a kite. I should have been out of my mind, blitzed yeah. completely. Yeah. And then I heard this voice, mm-hmm. still small voice, say, because that's not your substance, I am. Mm-hmm. And I know that was God. Yeah. And that's when I was like, when I realized at that moment I had a spiritual awakening mm-hmm. and realized that, you know what, I've been running to something. Because he told me, he says, you're running to something that's going to destroy you. Yeah. You know, you're running to something that's temporal. Yep. I'm eternal. Yes. You come to me, and I will give you substance and fill you. You're, feel, you're, you're filling yourself up with something that's only temporal. That's going to waste away, and it's not going to be there anymore. Yep. But when you come to me, and you mm-hmm. run to me, mm-hmm. you know, fill yourself with me, yeah. God, your Father, then I will fill you with everything that you need, not yes. what you want. Yes. I will give you the desires of your heart. Yes. And while I was there in, in my apartment in Houston, I kept having dreams of my current husband. Mm. I kept seeing him because he had told me prior to leaving Conroe, he said, well, you'll be back and when you do, look me up. But while I was there, I had a couple of nights when I had a dream about him. Mm. And I actually visioned. Because my dreams are not just dreams or visions. God has given me to see things in the future. Mm. And they have always been, every time I've had a dream of something, it came to pass everything wow. in my life. That's quite a gift. So <laughs> it, it's, it's God giving yeah. gift. Yeah, it is. And anyway, so I dreamed about us and when I was in my apartment. Yeah. And so I was getting married. So I came back to Houston. I went back from Houston May 1st on my birthday, 2020. Mm. I went back to Conroe. And... First thing I did when I got back to Conroe was look for my husband, look for Jimmy, mm-hmm. cowboy. Cowboy Jimmy is what I knew him as. Yeah. And um, got my divorce finalized, finally, mm-hmm. after, like, from 96 to 2018. Got my divorce final for my ex-husband. Yeah. And then I met Jimmy, mm-hmm. my husband. And then actually when I was 17, 18 years old in Crescent mm-hmm. City. When I lived with my daddy, and then years later, we both went on to our own lives, and 
And 2018, 17, I saw him. But 2018, I started noticing him. Mm. And then next thing I know, we're, he asked me to marry him. He got down on bended knee and took my hand in his and said, Rhonda Rosine Sanders, will you marry me? Mm. And I said, yes. Because I'm not, the first day I saw him, I knew he was the one God put for me to have. Wow. To be trustworthy and loyal to me and faithful to me. Yeah. Every other relationship I'd ever been in, mm. they were all unfaithful and unloyal and, and unloyal to me. Yeah. And were not trustworthy. Mm. And were not faithful. Yeah. And didn't care me for me as a person. All they wanted me for is they used. Mm-hmm. To, they used me mm-hmm. for their own devices. Mm-hmm. And I felt used and I felt dirty. I felt dirty because of the rape yeah. back when I was 15. Yeah. So all my life, I carried around this dirtiness, this filth, this shame. So I thought that maybe because, you know, I felt so dirty, I might as well do, you know. That's why it was so easy for me to work the streets. Yeah. The prostitution, because I already felt tainted right. and dirty. Yep. And so that gave me incentive to be able to do that kind of life. Yeah. Even though it was not something I asked for. No. I didn't ask to get into no. that kind of life. And I thank you, thank God that my husband, my ex-husband is my ex. Yeah. Because of that. Yeah. So, um, so tell, tell a little bit about how you came to Medford. Because I know you mentioned the Lord yes. spoke to you to leave. And how you got up here and, and ended up getting totally off the streets. That's an amazing story. Well, let me tell you. When me and my husband, Daniel James Gordon, mm-hmm. I'm married to now, met back again in Houston, or in Conroe, Texas, mm-hmm. um, and got married June 16, 2020. Um, God, we, we, were camp, we were camped out. We had a, a campsite, homeless. Yeah. You know, we had, you know, tarps over the top or whatever, so if it rained or whatever, mm-hmm. covering us. Anyway, I was laying there on the bed one day, looking up at the sun in between the trees, and God spoke to me and said, you need to leave here, yeah. completely walk away and get away from here and go somewhere else, and this is where you need to go, mm. to Crescent City, where me and my husband originally met when I was 17. Mm. So I listened to that, and it's like, okay. And I told my husband about it. I said, well, we need to leave here completely yeah. because nothing is coming open for housing or anything anywhere. Mm-hmm. All the doors were shut yep. in Houston and Conroe. And God kept telling me, you need to go somewhere else and start over fresh and new somewhere else. Yep. So me and my husband got blessed with a guy who paid for our, t- our tickets for the bus mm-hmm. to go to Crescent City. Mm-hmm. So we got to Crescent City and stayed there with his ex we. Found his ex-wife, mm-hmm. must stay with her for a few, and then in her campground. And then while we was there in her fifth-wheel trailer, just me and my husband, I pulled up the site for a rogue retreat. Mm-hmm. And God, kept, God spoke to me, so that's where you need to go. Mm-hmm. So I looked, and so I Googled it and looked up the website about mm-hmm. rogue retreat here in Medford, Oregon. And and even called a few times and everything. And the last time I called him was like the day before we came to cut to Chris to Medford mm-hmm. and Crescent City. And God said, "Go." 
I got home. I've got something for you. You need to just go. Yeah. So, because I've always had strong faith. Yes. With everything in my life that has happened to me, mm. my faith has always been strong because, for one, I accepted Christ when I was six years old. Mm. Always knew Christ, knew God as Lord, as my Savior. Yeah. So always hang on to God. Yeah. I knew I was His. Yeah. But I was led away. Anyway, so my faith has already been strong, mm-hmm. knowing that God would see me through yeah. a hard time. So I said, "Okay, we gotta go to, we gotta go to Medford. We need." And I talked to Rogue Retreat the day before we left, mm-hmm. and they said, "Well, we had to be in Jackson County to get services." Mm-hmm. So we had a friend, lady named Daphne, who helped homeless in Crescent City pay for us a bus ticket mm-hmm. to get to Medford, and we got here on the twentieth. Went to, went to Rogue Retreat, and I said, well, they didn't have nothing open for us. So I'm like, okay, what do we do? We had all these backpacks and two big roller bags. Mm-hmm. One on the wheel was broke off and stuff, and I couldn't help carry because I only got one arm. So anyway, this guy paid for us a ride to get to Set Free Ministries because somebody said, you know, I had heard about Set Free. Mm-hmm. So he paid for us a ride to get to the Set Free mm-hmm. with all our stuff. Mm-hmm. And we get there, and we get out, and we talk. And I talked to this one lady that was working with, you know, the uh, the food and the donations and everything, and told her our situation. She talked to Officer Wolf of the livability team here, mm-hmm. and um, they pop- talked privately. And then he said, okay, well, we're going to take you to the campground, urban campground. So he gave us a ride there. Mm-hmm. And when we get there, and I meet Alex and Rodney and all the people that were there. Well, anyway, Alex told me this about this application for apartment. Mm-hmm. So I filled out the application for the apartment, and which was a good thing. So I filled it out, and we waited and waited and waited. But God told me to stay there, mm-hmm. you know, be patient yep. and, and persevere. So we persevered yep. through the heat, through the, everything that was going on there. And yep. the food, even sometimes the food wasn't really all that great. So we would go out somewhere and eat yeah. when we could. But anyway, during that time of persevering waiting, mm-hmm. from January 21st until we got approved for the, my apartment in May, mm-hmm. we moved into our apartment May the 7th, mm-hmm. 2021. Praise God. But it's only because of perseverance. And, you know, God told me it was because of being obedient. Yeah. From walking away from the wickedness and evilness that mm. I had participated in, mm. from the drugs and the way of life I was living, yeah. he rewarded me. Because he had already told me before we left Conroe, Texas, he said, I've got something better for you, even on the train, mm. on the way going towards mm. Conroe, on, to get down to where I could catch a bus, or to get to Conroe, Texas, yeah. the day I left, May 1st, he said, mm. Don't worry, I've replaced everything that the devil has stolen from you. Mm. You know, I have, a, I have a house for you. I have mm. a place already set up mm. for you. But little did I know <laughs> that I was going to end up here in Medford. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, my ministry is to work with those that are less fortunate. Yeah, absolutely. That are homeless, that are hungry, and especially the prostitutes and the addicts. Yeah. Because I've been there. I have experience in those things. Yeah. And the trauma. Yeah. I want to share and give my help to other people who yes. don't know 
that there is a better way of life because yes. there is. Yes. And it's only because of God's grace and mercy. Yes. And having Jesus the center of my life today. Yeah. That I can be yeah. a witness for him and yeah. for, to others. Yeah. You don't have that kind of hope. Yes. I want to be hope where there is no hope. Yeah. That's, you know? such, a, that's such a beautiful testimony. It's so... Um, just uh victorious what god has done in your life he's brought you out he's brought you through he's brought you through the fire he's brought you through the waters you know and so um wrapping up what would you say to someone who is in that lifestyle right now that is caught in that and feels like there's no way out and feels shame and just wants you know to um wants to get out but is just caught in that bondage what would be your message to somebody that's there? My message is, there is hope. It is not the end. Mm. There is a better way of life, and all you have to do is pray, cry out to God, because yep. he hears the cries of our heart. Yes. David, in the Bible, yes. speaks on that all throughout Psalms, that he cried out to God, and God yes. heard his prayers, yes. heard his cries, even when the enemies surrounded him or around him he prayed in the midst of that god gave david the strength to beat a giant Mm -hmm. yes okay god is the strength of our life he is he can give you strength and encourage you Mm -hmm. and don't be afraid or dismayed because god is with you no matter what and even if you feel like you're not gonna make it hang on hang on to faith and hope yeah. And God, don't don't forget that God created you. Mm. You know. That's beautiful. That's such a good word. Um, thank you for sharing your testimony. It, it, is there any final words that you want to share before we wrap up? The Lord is my shepherd. Mm. I shall not want. Mm. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Mm. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy so follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalms 23. Praise God. Thank you, Rhonda. Thank you for listening in. God bless you. I hope this encouraged you today. It certainly encouraged me. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. God bless you. Welcome to... Welcome. Nope. Welcome to this podcast.